This is the Darkest Page Podcast. Chapter 1 Jack settled into his chair in his dim living room, lit only by a single floor lamp behind. He flicked the page of his book over and began reading further into the novel. He didn't often read horror novels, but he had not been able to resist the cover. A green creature reminiscent of something from the Black Lagoon clawing its way towards a half-naked blonde. It was a bad novel full of cliché and old-world views on people and gender, but he didn't mind. It was, after all, a very old novel, and had been a bargain in the charity shops. He flicked the next page over and carried on into the story. He didn't notice himself edging toward the end of his seat. Jack was in his early thirties and had never felt overly like his peers. He did not crave the television or computer games, and much preferred to lose himself into a good book, or in this instance, a cheap one. The room lit up when his phone flashed. He placed the book on the arm of his chair face down, saving his space, and flicked through to a new message. It was Shelley. He had not heard from her for a long time and hesitated before opening it. As he guessed, she wanted to meet up with him. He locked his phone and let it rest next to the book and ran his face through his hands. He didn't have to respond. Hell, he didn't even have to reply later. Shelley was a wonderful woman, but she had cost him everything, and if it happened again he would not have anything left. A car drove past his house illuminating his living room briefly, flashing the photo of Mia around him, and one of Amanda, him, and Mia. He smiled at it. Mia had been no more than four years old when it had been taken. It faded back into the darkness as the car headlights completed their journey across the window. He picked up his novel again and read on, forgetting everything about his tedious life. Another car drove past illuminating the room. Jack felt the pictures watching him. He caught himself looking at Mia again, and let a smile loose. It would be a few more days before the school holidays started, and he would get to spend a few weeks with her. He had tried to fill his life with so much, but there was always an emptiness when she wasn't there. An emptiness that he had learned to live with over the last few years. But he always felt it. He went back to his book. The flash from the phone startled him as he was following the character into a dark room at the heart of the whole saga he had been reading. He knew it would be Shelley again, messaging to see him after months of nothing. The phone flashed again. Jack slammed his book down and grabbed it. He was right. He read the message. She missed him. He missed her, but that was not his problem now. She had made her choice after everything that had happened. He tapped out rapidly. You haven't spoken to me in months. Why now? It was direct. Jack had lost his capacity for patience and bullshit over the years. He didn't expect a reply in the near future. Shelley was needy, but she liked to be in control. 
he locked his phone and gave up on the novel. Someone knocked on his door. Jack froze. It was late, and the thought that it was Shelley ready to surprise him crossed his mind. Another forceful knock told him that he was perhaps not right in that assessment. Shelley would knock gentler. He answered it before the third knock came. The door swung open and Jack came face to face with a stranger that resembled Shelley, but to his relief, not quite. This woman was dressed in a business suit that had a casual flair to it. Her hair tied back and from behind simple, thin-rimmed glasses, grey eyes stared back at him. She held her hand out to him. Mr. Redmond. He stared at her, stunned for a moment before taking her cold hand. Yes. Maria Cole, solicitor. Jack couldn't stop his mouth from falling open. Solicitor? I... Maria smiled, but it unnerved Jack. Don't worry, Mr. Redmond. May I come in? They released each other from the overlong handshake. Jack stepped aside without thinking too much about it. It's late, Mrs. Cole. I guess you are locked into nine to five. It's Ms. and I have been travelling all day to come and see you. I have some bad news, I'm afraid. Jack led the way to his living room. Look, if it's my ex-wife, whatever she is after she can have, but she knows she doesn't have to send solicitors after me. Maria shook her head. I'm not here representing your wife, Mr. Redmond. I am looking after the family estate. You might want to sit down. It felt like a command rather than a suggestion, but Jack did it anyway. The family estate. Maria sat opposite him and rested her briefcase down. Jack had not even noticed she'd carried one. It's about your grandfather. Jack knew immediately. The old man was something of a recluse, and it would not be surprised if he had been dead for a while before anyone near him noticed. When did he... He died three weeks ago. It was difficult tracking you down. Your whole family has been. Jack nodded. Have you told the rest of the family? I'm getting through the list as best I can. I understand that none of you really talk these days. Jack shook his head. I speak to my cousin. That's about it. I should ring her. Maria took a sheet of paper out of her briefcase and looked across the family tree. Is that Sarah? Jack nodded. I'm going to try and see her and her mother the day after tomorrow. Feel free to let them know that I'll be dropping by when you speak to her. Jack nodded, lost in his own world of thoughts and memories before looking at Maria again. Thank you for telling me, but why did you come here? Your grandfather left a will and requested that certain members of the family be present at the reading at his home. I didn't think that actually happened in real life, Jack said. Oh, it doesn't, but this was a special request by your grandfather. The will will be executed by my firm. You won't actually get anything at this reading. I think he merely wanted you all together one last time. Jack nodded but did not relish the thought of his family gathering all in one place. When and where? The 27th at Grimshaw. I can give you the address and you may be there for a few days. This month? Maria nodded. Is that a problem? I was planning to spend some time with my daughter. Maria went back to her family tree. Mia. Jack nodded again and noticed his phone flash with a message notification. It was the late Mr. Redmond's personal request that the family be there for no less than a week. A whole week? Maria nodded. Indeed, I suggest you make whatever appropriate arrangements and be there. 
can he ask who else is attending? Your parents, both aunts, Sarah and your great uncle. Jack was stunned. Great uncle? Is there a problem? You mean grandfather's brother? He's still alive? It was him who engaged me to look after these matters. I spoke to him a few days ago and I can assure you that he was very much alive then. So, yes, he is. Jack shook his head. I should warn you, our family is... volatile. Maria nodded. Yes, Mr. Edmund explained about your family, but it has little to do with me. All I need is for you all to be at Grimshaw on the 27th for a week. The rest is your business. Jack tried to remember when he last saw all the family together. Not since he was a kid, he was sure. He spoke to Sarah, but had not actually seen her since he left Amanda. Amanda, who would be mad that he would have to cancel his daughter's visit. Hell, he was mad at it too. Maria handed him the details as agreed. I will see you there on the 27th. I'll see myself out. Maria stopped as if just remembering something. Sorry for your loss. Jack was left alone in his dark living room, holding the address of some forgotten isolated place in the middle of nowhere. He grabbed his phone, tapped at it, and then held it to his ear. Sarah! Jack, you can't do this. Mia's been looking forward to it for weeks. You can't cancel on her now. Jack watched Amanda as she packed a suitcase. I know, but I told you. I know what you told me, but what are they going to do if you don't go? Jack shrugged, but felt very much like he didn't want to know what they would do. You need to prioritise the living. I'm sorry your grandfather's dead, but really, how close were you? Jack shook his head. Amanda, just give me this one, please. No. Amanda slammed the suitcase shut. You don't get to do that. You are the one that broke what we had. You don't get to call the shots now. You agreed that Mia could spend two weeks of a holiday with you and that is what you are going to do. Jack rubbed his mouth. He knew Amanda was right and he did not want to fight her on this. There was only one solution. Fine. Amanda settled and smiled. Whatever is in the will, I'm sure they can let you know afterwards. I mean, it's weird. Why do you all have to go up there? particularly with everything that happened to you all. Jack shook his head. Maybe Grandad wanted us all to be a family again. Can't blame him for that, and I can't deny him that. What do you mean? I'll take Mia with me, a small holiday before you go away after. Amanda pulled a face that Jack recognised and knew as the pre-I-told-you-so face. What? She won't be happy. If this place is as remote as you said, no internet, I bet and it doesn't exactly sound like a tourist spot. I'm sure we can make something out of it. Besides, it's only for a week, then we have a whole other week afterwards. Amanda sigh. It's your time with her. I can't tell you what to do with it. Just be safe. Don't worry, I will. Amanda started to pack the second case. Have you heard from Shelley? Jack stared at the back of her head. Not for months. We. After. Amanda speared a glare at Jack. The novelty wore off. I guess so. Jack looked out the window opposite the door. What about you and Michael? He's still crunching numbers? He's still an accountant, if that's what you mean. We are fine. 
Amanda slammed the case closed and zipped it up. I'll swing by the day after tomorrow to pick me up, then go straight to the train station. Train? This place is out of the way, it would take too long in a car. But there's a small station in a nearby town, and a lighthouse apparently. How's that for a tourist attraction? Amanda smirked. It's something, but if your whole family's there, I don't want Mia around that. Fine, fine, I won't go. I'll see you in a few days. Maria walked towards the caravan set among thinning trees along the dirt gravel path. A briefcase swung at her side. The caravan looked abandoned, the paint peeling off with green mould growing along the window frames. She stopped and thought that if she waited long enough the trees would consume it and there would be no difference between the caravan and the woodlands. Go away! The disembodied voice came from within the decaying home. Maria looked through the dirty window and saw no one. Ms. Redman? I'm not interested in any of your help. Excuse me, no social services welcome. I'm not from the social services. Then I'm not interested in whatever you are selling. Maria started to walk towards the dilapidated caravan again. I'm Maria Cole, solicitor. Then I don't want you serving me any papers. You misunderstand. I am sure I don't. Go away, just leave an old woman to end her days as she pleases. I'm here representing Sebastian Redman. Even the wind stopped dead in the silence before Ms. Redman spoke again. Father, can I come in? Silence again while Miss Redman considered her options. That old man hasn't spoken to me in decades. I couldn't care less what he has to say. He's dead. The trees blew in the wind again. Maria stopped at the door and waited until it swung open. Ms. Redmond stood in the doorway, cigarette in one hand, dishevelled and dirty hair plonked on top of a grey head. Her clothes clearly had not been washed or changed for a considerable time, with stains running the girth and length. Maria ignored them all. The old fart finally died, did he? I have to offer a drink to anyone who brings good news. The inside of the caravan was as dilapidated and decayed as the outside, with the added horror of non-ventilated, fetid air. Maria tried to shallow her breaths as much as she could. Ms. Redmond sat down at the far end of the caravan. He died a few weeks ago. We've been trying to contact all the family. Ms. Redmond laughed. <laughs> good luck. Maria nodded. He has requested that you attend the reading of his will. Am I getting something? Maria shook her head. All I know is that you've been asked to attend with others in the family to hear the will at his home. And where was the old coot living? Grimshaw, I have all the details for you here. Ms. Redmond tapped the end of a cigarette into an ashtray that desperately needed to be emptied and cleaned. I'm not a woman of means, as you can see. I've been instructed to provide for all your travel arrangements. Ms. Redmond stared at Maria. Was that at father's request too? Not exactly, but, but at the request of your uncle. Alistair? Alistair Redmond, yes. Ms. Redmond smirked. If only he could have died alongside father. I suppose that would be too much to ask for. You said the rest of the family is attending. I know you don't exactly get along as a family, 
but this is important. I must insist that you attend, Ms. Redman. Please, call me Nancy. Never liked the family name, but never bothered to do anything about it. I don't really want to see the rest of the family, even to see that old fat man off this world. Maria nodded. Nancy. She dropped the paperwork for the journey onto the table that Nancy sat at before pulling out an old faded photograph and offered it to her. I was told to show you this if he refused. Nancy stared at the photo of a man with two girls and a boy with a dog at his feet. An Alsatian. Maria dropped the photo on a pile of paper. And to ask you about Dasha? Nancy leaned back and laughed as she drew out another cigarette and lit it, blowing smoke at the photo. You know what that is? It's your father, brother, sister and pet dog Dasher. Nancy shook her head. No. It's a lie, through and through. The smiles are faked for the camera. The hooks are empty. The house behind us, not ours. The weather looks sunny, but it's just overexposed. It's all a lie. Just like our family. Whoever told you to come and show me this has no clue as to what it was like. Is it supposed to get me nostalgic and doe-eyed for my brother and sister? Maria listened and motionless. Bullshit. Nancy picked up the photo and tore it in two. You can't make me go anywhere I don't want to. Maria shook her head. Mr. Alistair Redmond gave me that photo with a message. Oh, this should be good. He wanted me to tell you that he knows everything and that he might forget it if you come to the reading. Nancy stopped and watched something through the dirty window opposite her. He knows shit. Maria pulled a further document out of her briefcase and handed a list of dates to Nancy who looked over it. It was handwritten by an experienced but old hand. Nancy looked up and down the list before looking at Maria. Did he tell you what these dates were? No, just that if you still refused to show them to you, and that this is the only place where this list exists except in his forgetful mind. Nancy nodded with a smile. Sly old bastard. He's been busy spying on me. I wouldn't know anything about that, Nancy. Will you come? Nancy tore the paper and threw it on top of the destroyed photo and took the whole collection with the instructions for getting to Grimshaw. She chewed on the end of her cigarette. I'll be there. You better tell the old man that I can bring my own list for him to look at. Don't push me. Maria nodded. I will pass on your message. I'm sure he will be pleased to see you after all these years. He hasn't told you about the family much at all, has he? Maria smiled. Miss Redman, I know an awful lot about your family. Good day to you. I'll see myself out. Maria left Nancy to her own thoughts examining the destroyed photo and lists. Maria knew exactly what the dates were, and knew everything that they represented. She had thought it prudent not to antagonise Nancy with the knowledge that it was Maria that helped Alistair compile it in the first place. Nevertheless, it had worked a treat, and a second member of the family was now en route to the reading of Sebastian Redmond's will. Sarah had been in something of a state of shock since the phone call from Jack two days ago. 
grandfather was dead and some weird solicitor was coming to see her today about it. She had told her mother yesterday, and she had not even come out of her room for more than a few minutes at a time. Sarah knew all too well what she was doing up there, and there was little she could do about it. She had already started making plans to leave later today to get to Grimshaw for the 27th. She knew that Jack was going, so at least there was one more person there that she could talk to without feeling the way she used to. Something fell over upstairs. Her mother had either fallen out of bed again, or was stumbling around. More movement told her that it was stumbling rather than falling. She toyed with her phone and thought about ringing Jack again, to ask him more about it, maybe even change their travel arrangements to arrive together, but thought better of it though she hoped that Jack arrived before her. Someone knocked on her front door. She opened it. Sarah Dobson, you must be Miss Cole. They shook hands with friendly, empty smiles. Inside, Sarah called her mother to come down, but was unsure if she would. Miss Cole, will you sit? I'm not sure if mother will join us. She's not well. That is fine. I understand your situation, your uncle explained. Sarah nodded, feeling exposed to this stranger. Sarah forced a smirk as she nodded. I imagine you've already spoken to your cousin. He said he would be contacting you. He did. I must admit, I was surprised that anyone was still in contact with each other if you don't mind me saying. Your family is very fragmented. It was that way long before me and Jack were on the scene. I think we both see ourselves as victims of circumstance. Gives us both something to bond over. Maria nodded. Well, I believe that Jack is on his way shortly, and so is your aunt. Nancy? Maria nodded as she extracted the usual paperwork that she had handed to everyone else. Yes. How was she? She was, as I expected to find her, quite abrasive. Sarah understood. The last time she had seen her aunt, she had been no older than ten. She held the image firmly in her mind. Another man on her arm that she could not remember the name of, and a cigarette in the other hand. Hair coiled around her head like vipers and cold eyes that didn't care about what she said, or who she upset saying it. Maria passed the paperwork across the gap between them, and Sarah took it, knowing the details without needing to look. I would very much like to meet your mother and to make sure that she will be attending also. Sarah felt her face grow warm. I'm not sure travelling to Grimshaw is a good idea for her if I'm honest. It might be best to let her be for now. Your grandfather's instructions were very clear. Your mother, Isabel Dobson, is to be in full attendance. Sarah wished it was not so, but there was little she could do to argue with the black and white request of her grandfather. She stood up and braced herself to descend into her mother's room. The room was a tip, and dark with the curtains drawn, letting in only a single shaft of light across the bed, illuminating the empty bottles. Isabella lay in her bed face down. Mother? She did not stir. Sarah shook her shoulder. Mother, wake up. Isabel started to stir though Sarah wished that she just stayed silent. What? Maria Cole is here. Do you remember? She wants to meet you. Isabel rolled over and ignored her daughter. You have to come to the reading with me. It was Grandad's last request. 
Fuck him. Mother, please, not now. He's dead. It's time for healing and closure. Please. Nothing. Maria stood at the door. Sarah had not even heard her climb the stairs. Mrs. Dobson, you must attend. Get the fuck out of my room. Your uncle asked me to inform your daughter about this if you refused. Isabel rolled over and saw a photo of a young boy. Sarah looked at the picture with no recognition. Isabel darted from the bed, grabbed the photo and stared at it. Where did you get this? Your uncle, Alistair. I will come, but take this with you. Now leave me the fuck alone. Isabel collapsed back onto her bed. Sarah wanted to ask about the picture but knew better. She led Maria out of the room and back downstairs. What was that? Maria shook her head. I cannot tell you. Please, I will see the two of you at Grimshaw. If there are any problems, how do I get in touch with you? You won't need to. Maria headed towards the front door. Sarah interrupted her. How did Grandad die? Maria turned. Organ failure. Sarah nodded, less than happy with the answer. Austin poured another drink. The brandy was rough, but it dulled the news. Perhaps dull was not the right feelings, but there were no words he could use to describe it. The text message from Jack was cold and distant. He could not complain about that as such. He had not spoken to Jack for four years. And out of the blue comes the message that Austin's father, Sebastian, had died. He was not close to Sebastian, much in the same way that he is not close to his own son, Jack. He wondered how close Jack was to his daughter, whilst taking another swig of the rough brandy. Every time he had planned to speak to Jack he would freeze and would not know what to do or say. He wished that the last time he had not spoken to him was at his wife's funeral. Jack had needed him at that difficult time of his mother's death, and yet he had done nothing to comfort him. Another swig dulled the pain, except it didn't last. Austin looked out the front of his house waiting for his solicitor to deliver the news and the invitation to his father's will reading. Yet, she did not appear. He drowned the last of the cheap brandy and let the glass clink against the wooden window sill. The thought crossed his mind that she would not appear and that he might not be invited to the reading. It would be typical of his father to not bother with his own son and would certainly not bother to give him anything from his fortune, whatever was left of it. Austin knew that his father still owned the house in Grimshaw, but he had not seen the state of the place in decades. The last memories of the mansion were dim and decayed, and he anticipated that the place would be similar now, nothing more than the husk. The brandy called to him again, the disgusting cheap brandy. He couldn't even remember where the hideous stuff had come from. Some stranger walked down the road towards his house, a woman in a suit, and Austin convinced himself that she looked and walked like a solicitor. He marched to his decanter and poured another glass of brandy and braced himself. He considered the possibility that she would not appear, but then she knocked. 
he put the glass down and opened the door to her. Mr. Austin Redman. Maria Cole. She smiled at him. I see that someone has informed you that I would be coming to see you. Come in. The pair meandered through to the living room and sat. Austin swigged another drink. I suppose you know why I'm here. My father is dead, and you want me to go to his home in Grimshaw to the reading. Why you couldn't just send a letter, I don't know. Maria smiled again, but it was a smile that Austin did not like. He drank the last of the brandy and considered getting another glass, but stayed still. I was instructed to see each person who is invited, to ensure that everyone will be in attendance. I see. Well, I will be. I need to ensure that I get something out of the old man. Maria passed several pieces of paper to Austin. I see that you are saddened by the loss of your father. My thoughts about my father are none of your business, so you can drop your attitude or I will make a formal complaint to your boss. My employer is Alistair Redman. Feel free to pass on grievances to him. Austin contorted his face into a grimace and held his tongue as he inspected the papers. He wanted to rip into her and tear her to shreds, but he could not. Not if Uncle Alistair was still involved in orchestrating all of this from the back room of his life. Why must we all attend this dismal place? Because that is what your father requested, and if you have been left anything, then you must be present, or it is forfeit. Forfeit? I'm not sure that is legal, Miss Cole, as I'm sure you are aware. Austin felt his words start to blend into each other. Maria stared at him in silence for a few moments, but he could not read her emotions or thoughts. If you choose not to come, that is your business, but you will not get anything from the will. You are free to contest it after the fact, assuming you can afford to. Maria closed her briefcase. Any questions? Many, but none I want to ask you. Maria nodded. Very well, shall we see you at Grimshaw? Austin looked over the paper and knew what the answer was. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Darkest Page podcast. This episode was made possible by the support of the librarians of the Darkest Page, Alex Smith and Tonks. To see how you can support the Darkest Page podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash the darkest page. I have been your host, and I wish you pleasant dreams.